Okay, I got a great Marcus Allen story. This one about his ambition. We were working out in the summer sometime, maybe working out, running, throwing the ball, and he hopped in my Jeep. So I lived in a studio apartment in Hancock Park, but it was behind a really nice estate. And so we're driving in Hancock Park and all these like, beautiful homes. And Marcus was just looking around and said, wow, I'm going to own a home like this one day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Marcus, you absolutely can. I was just blessed, Roman, to play with so many great players. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really recognize it. But it's the afterwards that you realize how fortunate and how special that was. And not just talent-wise, but the people that I've spoken about are incredible people. And character that they have and who they are as individuals and what they speak for is, that's what made it so special. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show, Faith, Family, Sports. Roman goes up close and personal with high-impact difference makers from the world of sports and entertainment. Get more exclusive content at www.romangabrielshow.com. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel. Welcome to a new edition of the Roman Gabriel Show. Coming in with me, he's former University of Southern California Trojan quarterback, one of the best to ever do it there. Paul McDonald joins me on the Roman Gabriel Show. Paul helped lead the USC Trojans to the 1978 National Championship, where he passed for 1,690 yards, 19 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. The following year, he led USC to a Rose Bowl victory in 1980 over the Ohio State Buckeyes. A 22-1-1 career record, Paul went on to a successful career as a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Today, he's here to talk to me about his new book, Through the Tunnel. Enjoy this interview with one of the great USC quarterbacks, Paul McDonald. And remember, for more video and audio content, go to our official website at romangabrielshow.com. That's romangabrielshow.com. And catch us on streaming TV at DBTV, Comfy TV, iPod TV, and Tropians Television. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show, romangabrielshow.com, anywhere you get your podcasts, streaming TV at DBTV, Comfy TV, Tropians Television, and Holyfield TV, uh, and of course on Radio Network as well. Uh, have a great friend coming in, uh, a guy who you all met at Super Bowl 56 this year, uh, was kind enough to come in in studio, and we had a great time with him, uh, former USC quarterback, national champion, Cleveland Browns. And he's written a great new book uh, called Through the Tunnel that we're going to talk about uh, that is right up my alley to help young people in this country with their mental and emotional, not only problems and struggles, but how to get through it and some ideas on how kids can get their maximum potential reach. So uh, with me, Paul McDonald. Paul, great to have you back on the Roman Gabriel Show. Roman, always great to be with you, buddy. Hey, uh, I know you're coming to me from one of my favorite places, beautiful Newport Beach, where you live. So um, let me just say that in my 100 degree index here at my studio today <laughs> with fan running, I, I, I kind of would wish I was at the beach there. That's kind of what I'm today. Well, you know, it's a ho-hum, you know, 72 degrees and, uh, you know, sunny day, the light breeze, you know, kind of like L.A. football weather, Roman. <laughs> there you go. Well, the, ho the home of the, of the Super Bowl champion Rams, but. Before we get into your book, I've got to talk to you because we had big news last week from the Pac-12. Um, you know, came massive. out of nowhere. Uh, massive. So the Pac-12 in two years is going to join the Big Ten, which makes that conference a super conference and a lot of those Rose Bowl uh, competitive uh, rivalries that, that now could be regular season stuff. So, Paul, being a former USC guy and, and, you know, being involved in what's the granddad of them all, the Rose Bowl, the biggest uh, bowl game of them all, and some of those Ohio State-Michigan rivalries, 
Uh, talk to me about your thoughts about the move. Colleges, USC and UCLA are breaking away, uh, and it is a complete shocker. Uh, everything that's going on, of course, in college football is shocking. The NIL, name, image, and likeness, the portals, like free agency 24-7. Um, and every, it's, you know, it is about what lies ahead and being attached to a conference or conferences that are generating a lot of revenue uh, so that these athletic depart departments can sustain themselves because it is all about money. And you've got some budgets that are, you know, over $100 million dollars across the board. Uh, and when you're only taking in, I, I believe the PAC 12 was only taking in uh, each school under 20 million. And at some point in time, you're not going to make it. So that's why they made the move. And it's, 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 uh, it is a massive <laughs> change. The thing I think about is SCUCLA. Okay. So they're going to be playing the, in the big 10, the, the miles that these kids are going to be putting on their bodies to travel the games, the time zones are traveling across. Will they be prepared, prepared for that? You know, when we played in the NFL, you know, we, if you had two or three road trips across the country, that was a big deal. Uh, but now these guys are going to be traveling a lot. And I just hope that they're going to be able, their bodies are going to hold up. Paul McDonald on the Roman Gabriel show. Paul, let me throw something out to you. I heard this today and I think it's a very interesting idea. You know, uh, men's college basketball has done such a great job with the tournament, women's college basketball, the World Series and baseball, for, you know, big money makers, a lot of TV ratings. So let's say we've got a, a Big 12 conference that's made up of Big 12 teams and maybe four or five more Pac-12 uh, Pac teams that come in. Uh, the Big 10 with now USC and UCLA, the, uh, the ACC, and then, of course, the SEC, and the ACC has Notre Dame. Um, how would you feel about a tournament going to what everybody has always talked about, which is like a 16-team uh, tournament for the national championship where you take designated teams, a number of teams based upon winning percentage or whatever from each conference. Maybe the SEC gets five and the Big 12 gets five and the you know the, uh, uh, the ACC gets three and the Pac-12 gets four, whatever. What do you think about that concept? I think in theory, it's a great concept. Um, you know, it's a slow moving ship. It's like turning an aircraft carrier by sticking your foot in the water. You know, you take baby steps to get there. But, you know, I think everybody agrees that um, the, the fun factor of the NC2A uh, college basketball tournament is, is off the charts. And the amount of money that's generated in the media attention and the excitement around it uh, across the country, uh, I think having expanding the playoff system in college football would be sensational. Uh, you know, the fear is, well, it's too many games. It's, you know, injuries potentially and all of this. I think there's, there are ways to do it uh, to make it work, but God, that'd be, that'd be an absolute blast having one play 16 and maybe, maybe 15 upsetting number two. And that it, it's, it, it's possible, as you know, when you play the game, it, it, you can win uh, maybe it's one out of ten times you play that team but that's all that matters that day that game bringing your best and if you win you move on it, it would be cool to see well it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out you know i was just thinking in my mind in terms of your personal example you guys win the you guys win the national championship in 78 you're a junior at the time uh, what would what would be the name and likes us in the NIL situation, free agency for a Paul McDonald today, but back back in the day with what these kids have, have coming to them today? You know, Roman, you and I just really missed the boat, man. We, <laughs> we came along way too early in this whole deal as far as the money paid in the NFL. And I tell a story a lot about, um, uh, you know, Terry Bradshaw who was, when I first came in the league, of course, he was the guy. And um, he won four Super Bowl rings. And it, it was about early 80s. I can't remember the date, 81, 82, that they started releasing the numbers for the players, for the players, so that everyone could know what everybody else was making. And that was a big deal that the NFL hid from us because they didn't want anybody else to know what the players were making. Anyway, Terry was making 300000 a year. If you take a guy that's won four Super Bowls today at quarterback, how much would he be making? Holy smokes! Well, your Mahomes signed, for, which now million? looks like a deal. He was at he was at five hundred million. Uh, you know, and then the, the the 
the money that they're paying these guys today, you know, in their second contract, you know, if you make it to year five in the league today, I don't care what position you are, you know, you're, you're in tremendous shape, but you know, we're with Paul McDonald on the Roman Gabriel show. And just, just to, for starters, you USC fans out there, of course, Paul led them to the Rose Bowl in 78 in a, a national championship uh, in another uh, Rose Bowl appearance, beat Ohio State 17-16 when they were number one in the country. And his record as a USC starter, 22. Was it 22-2-1 and one or 22-2? and 22-1-1. One 22-1-1. One. One okay, that's close. But yeah. still, 20, that's a pretty good winning percentage, Paul. <laughs> You're doing real well. We had a lot of good guys. We had a lot of yeah, good you guys did. Over. Yeah, you did. And, and you <laughs> know, last time you were on the show, you know, you talked about, you know, two Heisman Trophy winners in, in Charles White uh, and Marcus Allen and then offensive linemen like Brad Buddy and Anthony Munoz. And uh, that's a – and, you know, you didn't mention the defense. Let's give the defense some credit. Who do we have on the other side on defense? Well, we had some guy, a guy named Ronnie Lott. Uh, Dennis Smith was his, his buddy. He had played the other safety. Uh, you know, Larry McGrew, uh, Ricky Ellison, um, just uh, an onslaught of fantastic. Chip Banks was on that 79 team. Just an onslaught of just amazing athletes and players across the board, really. So, so, so when one and one, one scrimmages were interesting at USC. I'll tell you, let me tell you a story about that. So my freshman year, um, we had a guy named Gary Jeter, who was a senior, big time player, played defensive tackle, played with the Giants for eight, nine years. Uh, just an absolute stud. Uh, as a true freshman, a guy, and you mentioned his name, Anthony Munoz came in. Well, John Robinson thought it'd be a great idea after the first practice to get the two of them to go one on one. And guess who won that one? Anthony. Just he he pancaked him. He was that good as a freshman. As a true freshman, eighteen years old. <laughs> would you Would you agree? Like many people talk about, and there's been some great left tackles in this league. That he's the best ever. Well, selfishly, and you know, since I know him so well, um, you know, you, yeah, I, I would say yes. But you know, Ron, you got Ron Yeri. Yeah. Um, uh, you've got you know um, Jackie Slater. I, Jackie was incredible as well. Incredible, the, the, you know, to a team near and dear to you. But he was kind of the Rams. first guy. But you know, Munoz was kind of was kind of like the first guy that got real big attention as an offensive lineman. Is that right? I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and interestingly enough, he had a lot of injuries in college. He really had nothing to speak of in the NFL and played for a long, long time. And, and uh, of course, is in the NFL Hall of Fame. But you know what was so good about him was his athleticism. He pitched uh, JV baseball for USC baseball. Wow. I didn't know that. He was a pitcher. Can you imagine uh, taking, uh, you know, having a ball come at your head or something and being at the plate? And uh, thinking about charging, challenging the pitcher. Charging the <laughs> you need more than a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bad. That would be a bad idea. Paul McDonald with us, former USC quarterback and uh, uh, also Cleveland Browns quarterback. And Paul, give me give me your best Marcus Allen story. Oh yeah, I got a great Marcus Allen story. Uh, there's actually two of them. Um, one about his toughness, and another one about his ambition. So the first one about his ambition. So it was summer. We were working out in the summer sometime, maybe throwing the, you know, working out, running, throwing the ball. And uh, he hopped in my, my Jeep and we, um, we went to, so I lived in um, a studio apartment in Hancock park, but it was behind a really nice estate. And so we're driving in Hancock park and all these like beautiful homes and Marcus was just looking around and said, wow, I'm going to own a home like this one day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Marcus, you absolutely can. Um, and then the, the story on his toughness, um, he uh, you know, was, came in and uh, he played quarterback in high school. He was a and then, quarterback. Him and his brother both. Brother played yeah. Canada. He could throw it. That's right. But he came in as a corner, defensive back, cornerback, uh, as a freshman. We had a guy, a great fullback, named Lynn Kane, 
yeah. who was a senior. My junior year was a really super good player. He was a converted tailback to fullback. And he, he ran for 1,000 yards as a fullback at SC his senior year, played for the Falcons. So we needed to replace uh, Lynn Kane. And so we moved – Marcus from cornerback to fullback, but he was a stream being. He was, you know, six one and a half, six two, uh, I don't know, buck eighty five or ninety as a as a sophomore. Uh, and you know, as fullback, you're leading student body right. You're running the blast play where you go up the middle and you're hitting the inside linebacker head to head uh, to make room for the tailback Charles White at the time. And you're uh, you know, so you're really a blocker. And occasionally you get the runs. Uh, and occasionally you get a pass. Well, we had a practice and he goes around the right side on student body, right. And he found uh, Larry McGrew who lit him up, lit up Marcus and Marcus is on the ground, goes over to see the trainer, Jack Ward broke his nose. So he put some tape, Jack put some tape on it. Marcus is off to the side with his helmet off and one knee on the ground. John Jackson, the late great coach, running back coach at USC and boxer, boxing, uh, uh, you know, guy that started boxing at the Forum in L.A. Uh, so Coach Jackson says to Marcus, what are you doing? Get in there. So he just breaks his neck and Marcus is like, OK, <laughs> so he gets in there and with a broken nose and, you know, finish practice. So. And I've asked, I've talked to Marcus about that, and I believe, and he agrees with me, that that year that he played fullback at USC had a lot to do with the success he had afterwards. So the, the good hands came from his defensive back background. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, he's just a great athlete. Yeah. Marcus yeah. is a great athlete. He could play, he probably played five different positions. Well, I'll tell you a story. The first minicamp with the Raiders – uh, you know, of course, he was the number one draft pick and signed for a million bucks. And, you know, at that time, it was like Magic Johnson money. You remember we signed that lifetime one million a year contract, which sounded like a big deal. Now would be pennies. But anyways, we showed up for the first uh, in Oakland for the first mini camp after the draft. And Kenny King was the tailback, who's a pretty good football player. Good player. Uh, so Kenny is at tailback. And so they put Marcus in for the first time and, and they ran three straight plays. And the three plays, the first play was... Uh, was their favorite play, which was kind of a Bob Trail, which the Raiders love to run. And, uh, of course, Marcus, you know, everybody talks about his 40 speed, but his, his speed to the hole is, does not look anything like a 40 of 4.6. When he hits the hole, he hits it hard and fast, and he just has the ability to find little, little places. It's great on the goal line, as you know. Uh, and then the second play was a, was a sweep pass where he uh, – threw a ball about 40 yards on the money beautiful <laughs> spiral down the sidelines. And then the third one was the, was the Raiders, you know, money, uh, you know, uh, money long ball, which was uh, out, of, out of split backs, uh, the run the wheel route. Wheel route uh, yeah. Perfect. And so Marcus runs a wheel route, ball gets out. He, he goes vertical dives, catches it with his fingertips. And that's his first three plays that I saw. Uh, <laughs> And, and so, and so the next day, Kenny went to fullback. <laughs> Mark, Mark, Marcus was the starter day two. <laughs> no surprise. Um, yeah, he, you know, and today, especially you've got to have hands as a running back out of the backfield. Uh, and he had just great hands and we, we created some plays for him out of the fullback position. And unfortunately, you know, um, I, I graduated and, his two years that he was the starting tailback, but you know, Charles White was pretty good too. I mean, he won a Heisman before Marcus and uh, tough as nails. So uh, I was just blessed, Roman, to play with so many great players. And you know, you know, I would at the time I didn't really recognize it, but it's the afterwards that you realize how fortunate and how special that was. And not just talent wise, but the people that I've spoken about are incredible people and character that they have and who they are as individuals and what they speak for is uh, that's what made it so special. Well, I really appreciate it. Paul McDonald, the former quarterback of the USC Trojans, national champion, Cleveland Browns. And now he, now, now he's taken up writing books. And uh, <laughs> you know, the great thing about all the USC fans out there, and there's so many of them, 
uh, I, both times you've been on my show, you've told some great stories, which, which I've gotten a lot of comments about. So every, everybody always wants to hear about that USC team and about playing football for the Trojans, which in Southern California, hopefully is going to be a big deal again with your new coach. So we'll see how things are going to go this year uh, for the Trojans. But uh, your new book, uh, we mentioned it the last time you were on the show that it was getting ready to, to get ready to go through the tunnel. True stories of of sports and life that empower the spirit. Uh, and so, Paul, this is this is this is kind of a uh, an educational book for students, but also uh, also a way for students to um, kind of uh, emotionalize where they're at and try to figure out where they want to go. So, so I kind of see it as a spiritual as well as an educational guide. Is that would that be right? Yes, I think you are correct. It's, it's, um, everyone's on their own path, Roman, but this is sort of, uh, has some, um, parts to it that, uh, could be a roadmap for people, uh, when they hit some bumps in the road. And that's really why I wrote the book. I went through some challenges, uh, uh probably 12 years ago. Um, <clears throat> and, um, as I moved through those challenges and really recognized, you know, what I wanted out of life, what was really important to me, who was I really, what was I really um, motivated by, what were my underlying motivations, what were uh, the things that moved me, what was my purpose calling, uh, where were my limitations, where were my weaknesses, just really doing a deep dive. Um, I was able to move through and answer those, the many, if not all of those questions. Um, and in the process, learn a lot more, more about who I was. And uh, that's why we're all here. And really, the, the thesis of the book is that the answers all lie within. You know, if you really take the time to dive inward, instead of living life on autopilot, which we all tend to do because it's the habits or it's just what's comfortable, it's what we know, and, and take a step backwards and really um, understand more about ourselves. Um, and all of those questions that I just referenced and answer those, uh, you know, why are we here? Why are we here on this planet? I mean, I venture to say that most people really haven't taken the time to answer that question. So the book really through stories and different sports stories, some of my own, but many other athletes, uh, Marta, who is the brilliant uh, Brazilian woman soccer player. We have a story about her. Uh, we do talk about the Trojans a little bit. We talk about some of my days in Cleveland. Um, but we talk about, you know, Vince Papali, you know, uh, who's a, had showed great grit. You know, they made a movie about him with the Philadelphia Eagles called Invincible. Uh, Andre Ugadala, who's the Warriors great basketball player. Um, you know, we have a story about him, about how he just trusted Coach Kerr, suggesting that he become a sixth man, even though he'd been a starter his entire career. And trusting that whole process, and out of that, he got MVP of the playoffs. He got a bunch of super, a bunch of rings from the championship games. So we have many other stories that are in the book that really speak to the message in the chapter, which I think is really cool because of our backgrounds. And I think most people at some point in time have played sports, whether it's just youth sports. Uh, many many people played high school sports. Not I'm not talking about professional athletes or even college athletes, but people can relate to sports. And when we go back to our days, um, today it's 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 slanted towards how much money you can make, what we're talking about. But back in the day, the real meaning of sports, the lessons learned, uh, the friendships made, the camaraderie you have, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's what really what the book is about, is to bring forward those stories, those messaging to uh, empower people to live their best life. Everybody, this is Roman Gabriel, host of the Roman Gabriel Show. You know, our mission is much larger than providing you an entertaining podcast. Our country faces an ongoing crisis of underage youth battling alcohol and drug addiction and a rising suicide rate. This problem impacts all of us and our families. Our nonprofit, the Sold Out Youth Foundation, has been my passion since 2003, impacting hundreds of thousands of middle and high school students, challenging them to an alcohol and drug-free life, while providing a life-changing interactive online education platform, teaching students valuable life skills and success principles, equipping them to pursue their passion and dreams. I need your help. Our program is successful because of people just like you 
who financially support our movement. Please give safely and easily today by going to our website at soldouttv.com. That's soldouttv.com and click on the red donate button. Or right now on your cell phone, text soldout20 to 484848. That's soldout20 to 484848. All donations are 100% tax deductible. And believe me, any amount will help. Your generous gift can help one more child stay on the right path to health, wellness, and success. Thank you, and be sold out. Welcome back to the Roman Gabriel Show. Faith, family, sports. Roman goes up close and personal with high-impact difference makers from the world of sports and entertainment. Get more exclusive content at romangabrielshow.com. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel. Paul McDonald with us, and the book is Through the Tunnel, uh, and I love the cover. Why don't you show that to us? Uh, very familiar scene of uh, the former USC quarterback going through that Coliseum tunnel, and uh, and I'm sure when you shot this, Paul, there were a lot of good memories, as I would think. A lot of great, a lot of great memories. And in fact, one of the opening chapters of the book, uh, I speak to uh, actually being in the tunnel and, and walking out and what that felt like and who I was around and what we were feeling and all of that, which, uh, as you know, you, you, you know, you have brings chills down your spine. Um, even though I was in an empty stadium, when we shot that cover. It's almost like you could hear the band playing. No. You could see the fans in the crowd roaring, getting ready to roar as the team took the field. You know, it's just uh, uh, a special, a special moment in every game. It's right before you walk out into the field. How, how would you say the book applies to, um, which is very germane to where we are today? I mean, there's many, uh, we're going through a mental health crisis with student athletes as well as with professional athletes today, maybe more than ever, um, I guess. But when you and I were that age, uh, it was kind of taboo, the whole mental health piece. Uh, but today it's much more mainstream, something that people are accepting, uh, a little more accepting of is when it comes to being sensitive to that. Uh, w- what are some of the aspects of the book that speak to even the COVID um, you know, fallout in terms of the mental and emotional challenges Americans are going through coming out of this uh, incredible uh, pandemic? Well, it's metaphorical. The tunnel is metaphorical for obviously – Literally, you walk through a tunnel to play play a game, whatever sport it might be. Uh, but figuratively, um, it's the tunnel of life, or uh, also those moments when you're in the tunnel. It's typically darker, right? Um, which leads to uh, the messaging that you know the challenge you, challenges that you had in your life, the traumas. Uh, the issues that are going on with you and those little internal battles that exist within each and every one of us. Um, but then there's the light at that end of the tunnel. If you keep moving towards it, you move through it and you evolve into what you're destined to be, you know, the, the person that you're des- destined to be. So uh, I believe, because uh, life is what you believe it is, you know, uh, I think we live in a very negative world. I think the messaging that we see is all negative, uh, advertising-wise, uh, uh, fear of missing out, uh, just all of the trauma. And the pressure to perform. And the pressure to perform, yeah. Uh, because uh, there are critics everywhere, and uh, social media, you're gonna, everyone's going to see it, hear about it. Um, it's it. There are challenges all over the place. I think in uh, but I believe those challenges are there for a reason. And each of our challenges are a little bit different, probably. Um, and that's how we grow and evolve. Roman is when we move through those challenges. If we, um, if we resist what's out there, um, that's when stress occurs. Okay. Uh, one definition of stress is resistance to what is. So you get to play a game. It's all about perspective. You get to go out there and play a game. You've got all these people and you want to perform well. Okay. So what should you be thinking about before you go to the game? Should you be thinking about, oh my God, don't screw this up. No, (laughs) you can't be thinking that. If you do, you will. Uh, So you need to shift and pivot. And I believe this is a, this is a a microcosm of life, no matter what's going on in your, your world. 
shift and pivot to gratitude, pivot to what you're grateful for, pivot to what you have. Um, so walking on the field, you've got friends getting to watch you play. How fun is that? How cool is that to play before your friends? Uh, you've got family there. Uh, how cool is it that you are alive and have the athleticism, energy and abilities to go compete on a field and play something you love to do, you know? So you shift and pivot your, the messaging. And I, and I believe that most people have this negative self-talk. So, if, and you can just hear what way people speak. If they're speaking in a negative way, they're probably talking themselves in a negative way. Uh, and it's hugely important to pivot and change the perspective of how we view ourselves, how we view our life. We are empowered beings. We can accomplish whatever we want. The key is to understand, what am I really gifted at? What do I really love to do? And that's where you got to dive inward to find those things out. And when you do so, um, you're going to be doing those things that you're uh, most naturally inclined to do and you're, you're good at. You're going to get positive feedback because of that. You're going to have better feelings about it. Um, and I think you're going to have a happier, more fulfilled life in so doing. And that's the objective. The believe the fact that every single person on the planet um, can live the life they want to live. Now, Okay, let's be honest. The framework might be different. You know, if we're growing up in poverty somewhere uh, in the world, it might be a little more challenging. But it's all a matter of, uh, it's all relative, isn't it? You know, uh, the fact is that we don't need to chase becoming a millionaire or billionaire or whatever. We need to chase why we're here. And why is, why are we here? I don't, that's for everyone to figure that out. And when we when we understand that, it's not, I'm telling you right now, it's not to collect things. It's not to pad our bank accounts, it's not to do any of that. It's what you're doing with your business and, and, and all the things that you do in your life. It's, we're here to realize um, how we can give back to society and make society a better place. And if we came about life that way, we would get more positivity and in psychic income out of it than we could ever do by chasing, let's say the almighty dollar or something that we think we're supposed to do because that's what society says. So there's a lot of this messaging within the book and there are opportunities, the questions that I ask for people to pose themselves to really kind of take the time to, to understand themselves better and uh, shift their perspectives on life. Uh, if they do take the time to do that, uh, uh, their life will turn in the direction they want it to go. Paul McDonald's with us. He's the author of Through the Tunnel, and that's available on Amazon Books or anywhere books are sold. Uh, please go out and get it. It sounds like to me, Paul, that this is a nice uh, read for parents that may be dealing with exactly what you're talking about with how to help their kids. Uh, and through this pandemic, one of the things we've found out is that the parents are experiencing the same thing the kids are. So the kids are influenced by the responses of their parents. And there's been a lot of negative loss of jobs, sickness, illness, death. Um, so, you know, you said th there's a perception to go negative. But in this case, there was real negative. Yes. Which, which makes that even, you know, multiplied. So. Um, tell, tell me about, uh, from a parent's perspective, how you think this book will be helpful. It's, it's helpful for anybody that has a pulse, really. But um, the book is designed for um, target audience, high school, college kids, um, or 20-something kids. Um, and I think parents um, all want the best for their children, um, but they there's no book on how to do that is there roman there's right. how to raise your kids I, you know it's all very different it's all very new um and i think uh there's so often i've seen parents in sports that uh that have children that are that are performing um that um they're vicariously living uh, their lives through their kids um and that's absolutely the wrong thing to do the right thing to do is expose them to a lot of things but know that it's, uh, it, again, it's their path and they're going to discover what they really want to do and where they want to spend their time and forcing anything or anybody to do something they don't want to do will never work. There'll always be angst. There'll always be uh, separation. 
and uh, you won't be you won't have the relationships that you're looking for. So being supportive of the children, encouraging the children. I'll tell you one quick story. So Matthew is the young son. We've got three boys and a daughter, my wife and I, Allison, and they all have stories in the books too. Um, so you learn about a little bit my, about my family. Um, but Matthew was um, 10, maybe 10 years old, really good athlete. Of course, now he's playing, he's a starting quarterback for Bowling Green. Um, so he's a D1 football player, uh, but he was a good player. He's really a good basketball player too really good at 10 years old. So one night I'm going in his room to tuck him in and he asked me, dad, should I be a professional football player or a professional basketball player or both? Okay. So I would venture to say most parents would have probably chuckled at that and responded, you know, son, don't get over your heels on this one, over your skis on this one. Just, you know, that's really a hard thing to do. But no, we need to fuel the dreams for these kids. Okay. So uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to get there, but why, you know, smother a dream of a kid right. that thinks they can do something. It's encouraged them. So I said, Matthew, that's completely up to you. And anything is possible. You know, if you want it badly enough and that's important to you and a lot of things have to happen, but it absolutely is possible. So I'd say, just keep doing what you're doing. So that was kind of my response. Um, now, who knows if he's going to be a professional athlete, but I think that messaging and I would say five, seven years after that, he and I had a conversation about that. He said, dad, I just want to thank you for always being so positive with me. Right. Yeah. And that's all, that's all kids want. They want, that's all we all want. We want acknowledgement as a human being that we've done something right. We're good at something, that we're loved. That's well, the, number, the, the number one reason that, that, that uh, teenagers list for turning to drugs and alcohol is lack of hope. Um, they don't feel like they're going to have the same opportunity their parents have. They feel discouraged because of maybe the home life they live in or the mistakes that they've made. Um, but what you did for your son was you took the pressure off by just allowing him to dream big and allowing him to go after his dream. But obviously, you know, we both know that it takes a ton of hard work and a ton of thoughtfulness to be able to get where he is now uh, to play, you know, at the division one level uh, as a quarterback. So obviously, you know, your attitude is rubbed off on him in terms of his approach uh, to sports and life. And I think, I think books like this, uh, and again, it's through the tunnel, true stories of sports and life uh, that empower uh, the spirit. And uh, I think when we talk about spirit, we're, we're talking about somebody's soul. We're talking about somebody's emotions. We're talking about somebody's hope, somebody's mental capacity. Uh, and so many professionals today are saying what you said earlier, which is uh, if you're going to be successful in raising, uh, raising your kids in the current atmosphere you're in, you have to understand that the negatives far outweigh uh, the positives in terms of how these kids are getting hit from all sides. And unlike when you and I grew up, where parents could shield us from some of the negative things. Today, the kids can't be shielded because when you go on your phone, um, not only are you a target of, of predators, but you're a target of people who want something from you who have programmed that message in a psychological way to get it. Um, that kids don't even know that, that the approach is, is, is concerted and it's intentional uh, of how, how they're trying to get kids to be or do what they want them to do or buy what they want them to buy. So what you're talking about here is, is more of a holistic approach, you know, at home, not just as a parent, but teaching kids the right mental frame that can give them the best opportunity, even in the worst situations. Would that be right? Yes. It's how it's, it's really, uh, there's a chapter, the one thing you can control. And that is, and there's, a, there's, in my mind, there is one thing that we can't control. And that's how we respond to any given situation. Doesn't matter what the situation is. Uh, it, the pointing at an individual, pointing at a parent, pointing at a friend, pointing at a teacher, pointing at the market, pointing at the weather, pointing at whatever the environment I was raised in, that's uh, not an empowered state to operate on. 
the empowered state to operate is, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's what's in front of me. What am I going to do about it? What can I do about it? What can I do? And, um, and that's very powerful to come at life that way. And is it easy? Not really, because you've got to take initiative. You have to be proactive. Okay. And as you know, Roman, when we're proactive with intentional is another word that you just mentioned, uh, good things happen when we set that mental framework. And there's a chapter on visualization in the book about visualizing. You can do that, visualize the life you want to have, right? Um, and there's power in that and seeing it happen before it happens. And then, I, would say, I would say that's one thing when you and I grew up and when we were playing that, that, that may not have been to that degree. But visualization was something that we did know about because I can remember on Friday nights before a college football game the next day of laying in bed going through all the plays in my mind and then matching those plays with what defense I might see and where would I go with the ball. Uh, so visualization has been around for a long time, but today it's even more powerful because visualization is that tool that allows you to get from point A to point B with that more positive mindset, having some sort of skill. And that's what I think is missing in some of our educational places today is kids really don't have that practice item or something that can help them right now that's simple uh, that, they can, that they can take responsibility for in practice. So it sounds like uh, not only is this book going to be good for anyone, but, but for coaches as well, because um, paradigm shifted with coaches. You know, you and I came from a time where you tore somebody down to build them up. Right. That's how right. coaches did it. But now uh, they realize, I think, you know, Tony Dungy and the Bobby Bowdens of the world probably had a lot of influence on this because once they realized that coaches that were positive like that, that once they won, um, you know, when Coach Dungy won the Super Bowl, suddenly coaches were asking themselves, well, maybe this tearing down deal isn't the right way to go about it. It's a different society today. It's different. Uh, the young kids uh, uh, respond differently. And I think it's a good thing. And how they respond. A lot of people see it's a very negative, you know, how people are entitled and all this and that. I think kids are more aware of, of knowing what they want and what they don't want and responding accordingly instead of, I think, you know, Roman, we were raised in a thing where, okay, there's the brick wall, go run through that. And you just keep running through it until you knock it down. That's it. Kids today, I think, are more oriented towards, hey, I'm going to climb over this thing or I'm going to move around this thing or I'm, I'm going to get, a, you know, stick a dynamite and put it in there and knock it down, you know, instead of, but we did what we were told to do. I, I, I think, you know, there's an element to society today with younger people, younger generations, which I really love. I mean, they're, they're like, wait a minute, I don't, I'm not going to do it. They see, it's interesting. They see our parents, half the, half the country's divorced. So they're like, you know, do I really want to get married? Do I want to, you know, um, I think, so they're questioning how things have been done. Um, which there's an element of, 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 of good to that for sure. But I think the other thing is, um, is it, it, it has, we, see, we never took the time, Roman. I didn't uh, until I turned 50 years old to go inward mm. and say, what is, who is Paul really? Right. What does Paul really want? Uh, and I answer those questions. Does Paul want to stay married? Do I want to stay married? You know, uh, do I want to continue working the job I'm working at? Um, by the way, I'll, I'll, after going through all that process, I stayed in the same job. I just looked at it differently. I shifted my perspective on it. Uh, and I got a lot of help from my daughter in that. My daughter was all about relationships. So instead of looking and searching for the quota and meeting the quota of the sales deal that I had, I was more interested. I shifted into um, one that Matt, where relationship was more important. How can I build relationships with people? And with a thought being before I went into a sales call, you know what? This person I'm about to meet, I could become one of my best friends. Right. I, I don't know. Let's get to know somebody that I haven't met for the very first time and see where that, see where that goes. Instead of what can I get from this person? You know what, what, you know what I'm saying? So I like, I, 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 you know, a little contrary to some of people, because I hear this all the time with our generation, Roman, that, you know, all these kids today are entitled and they don't want to work hard and all that stuff. I think there's an element of that that's really, really good. Um, and yeah, search, search for that thing that you really love to do. And that's in the book. And go do that. 
and go make a difference in this world, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing the thing is good about passion. What you're talking about is passion turns on all those positive thoughts and all those positive yes. endorphins. Yes. Um, through the tunnels, the name of the book, uh, Paul McDonald, and it's a very interesting read. Uh, not only are you going to learn some things about Paul and his family and about USC football, uh, about his football career, and then some very, very um, uh, successful people from different uh, backgrounds that are kind of images and, and mirrors of, of the concepts that he's getting across in this book. But for, for those of you out there who want to look at things from a different perspective, to be a little more intentional about your own life in terms of where you're at, this is a great book to get. Uh, and Paul, I was going to ask this question because you and I come from a very similar background. You know, uh, neither one of us were five-star athletes coming out of high school. Uh, we know what being a backup's all about and working your way up to number one, waiting for that opportunity and getting in. You certainly did that at USC as a third-string quarterback as a freshman and, and, and then a backup as a sophomore. Um, you know, for kids out there that, that do meet that, um, that aren't the superstar athlete, that, that have talent, that, that are willing to work hard, um, that, uh, that really want what they want, like your son was talking to you about, having that passion to really want to succeed in whatever uh, they want to do. Um, could you speak into, uh, you know, our students out there who are in that position like you and I have been in about the secret to what it takes to endure to get to that point where you get your opportunity and you have the opportunity to seize it. Well, I'll quote um, Kobe Bryant. Uh, and, and we feature him in the, in the chapter, trust the process. It's not about the outcome. It's not about it's, 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 it is the journey. It is, I mean, I know that's cliche, but it's absolutely the journey. That's why uh, it's so important to, really dig what you're doing really and, and you did and i did and we answered the question how important is this to me and for you and for me it was very important to keep doing it because we there was enough there that we can get our arms around we had there was a light at the end of the tunnel and we did what we needed to do to get uh and win the job ultimately and you know uh you may not get there you may not get there, but it, the process of going through as, a, as an athlete, um, you know, to get to the promised land, that's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. We're here to just, you know, learn lessons along the way on the journey, doing something that we love to do um, and, you know, affecting people positively in the process. And, and that, and that's, and that entrusting, okay, trusting the flow of life, okay? So um, I tell a story about um, my son, Andrew, in the book. Um, and he, he really wanted to be a D D1 player, but it didn't work out at Arizona. So he went back to junior college um, to have that second opportunity. Uh, he had a great uh, couple of years at Santa Ana College, got a scholarship to New Mexico State, got to play D1 football. And he, and he did, he did fine. He did fine. But the real, um, and he was a starter his senior year, but the real thing that came out of that is he met his wife there who was actually from Huntington beach. So here they are in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Wow. He's from Newport. She's from Huntington beach. They meet in Las Cruces, New Mexico. She's a soccer player. They're married. Uh, they've got a child on the way. So that's why it all worked out the way it worked out. That was the, um, the, the, the point in time in the process of his life it wasn't like chasing that brass ring of sports. It was there to meet the girl of his dreams. Hey, this is Nick Ruffini from Revoice Media, and I'm the executive producer of The Roman Gabriel Show. We got involved with this show because we realized that Roman has a passion for educating the next generation, and we need your help. We need you to be a donor and go to soldouttv.com and donate, whether it's one time or an ongoing basis. Please help us educate the next generation by becoming a donor. Go to soldouttv.com and click donate. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text Sold Out 20 to 484848. That's Sold Out 20 to 484848 and help us 
help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. Welcome back to the Roman Gabriel Show. Check out more at romangabrielshow.com. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel. Well, you mentioned the process too, that a lot of the, uh, of the process is staying in the present, not getting ahead of yourself. So many kids today, you know, they don't want to enjoy where they're at because they're so looking forward to being at the next level. And, you know, I've always tried to tell kids that, you know, you have to want to be great right where you're at. Uh, and once you accomplish that, then the, the transition to the next level isn't that big a transition. But if you're not going to put the work in where you're at, each level is going to become harder and harder and harder uh, to, to, to happen. Um, you, that was a great example because I can remember I, after the 2006 Super Bowl that Tony Dungy won, I, we filmed him there and he invited me to come to Indianapolis, the first preseason game after their Super Bowl victory. And the question I had was, you know, after all these years of having the winningest record in the league, you know, averaging 11 wins for, you know, six or seven years, but coming close, but never getting to the Super Bowl, but then finally getting over the hump this last year and winning it, you know, what's next? What, you know, where do you go from here? And he said the same thing, Paul. He said, listen, it's not about the end result for me. And, and that's the way I feel and try to translate to our team. It's about the process. Every year is different. Every year is interesting in its own way. Uh, and the bottom line for me is, is the Super Bowl was never the quest. Now, I know from a professional level, that's our goal. It's everybody's goal. But my goal is that I would uh, build into these young men. I already knew they were great football players when they came. But I want to see them be great men great husbands and great in giving back and making a difference in the world. And I thought, you know, how that was such 180 degrees different than the coach that some of the coaches we had to say, hey, I really don't give a darn what you do out there as long as I get everything of you right here. You know, so again, same goal, but totally different outcome in terms of the balanced student athlete as opposed to the, the, the chasing the ring one thought athlete you know what i mean we live in a uh, a specialized world you know we live in it so specialist and you know if you're going to be a doctor you know you get uh, get your md and then if you really want to take it to another level then you become a specialist in orthopedic and then you can be specialist in shoulder or whatever so or, or a brain surgeon in some specific area of the brain you know and those people that are super specialists like that um get rewarded uh by making a lot of money typically Right. Um, but to get that, to have that level of success, you have to sacrifice a lot. Um, and, you know, there, you know, there is we talk about balance in the book and, um, you know, there's all these different aspects of your life. Um, and the shamans uh, who are the, you know, spiritual people um, in Central America, they're all around the world. But um, uh, they they believe in moderation. Moderation is a is an absolute key to to life, um, and that means not overdoing it any one thing or another, right? So you have to you have to be very mindful and cognizant of what areas of life you have, and you have to take personal time. If you just work your brains out, um, and you don't take time for Roman or Paul to just be still and to relax. And that includes sleep and just having your own time. Uh, you could have burnout, you know, you could have, you could, then that could lead to health issues and that could lead to maybe marriage issues. It, it, you know, there's a trickle down effect. So we have to be mindful of all those different aspects in our life. And I granted when we were in training camp, that was it. I mean, it was just football 24 seven for four or five weeks. There are those moments, yes. Um, and if, like the time that we wrote the book, uh, Jack Barrich, my partner and I, uh, who, who, who put this together, um, you know, there was this focused effort of about six months, concerted effort. Uh, but here's an interesting story. We did that uh, during COVID because I had time. Right. Because there was no, the world stopped, right, for about three months. And so that's when I really dug in to put the time in to write the book. So, so you, were, you were able to take adversity and turn it into a positive. Yes. You were talking about. Correct. The book again, uh, and we appreciate Paul coming on through, through the tunnel, 
Um, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Put that up for us again, Paul, so they can see the cover. It's Paul in the Coliseum, a place where he made a lot of history with uh, the 78 USC Trojans that were national champions. And he brings some champions to the table in this book. And uh, Key and Jack did a wonderful job. Uh, this is a great read. Uh, especially if you're looking to self-improve and you're looking to help your kids too. I think it's great for athletics as well. So besides Amazon books, Paul, is there anywhere else we need to uh, let them know they can get the book? Well, you know, Roman, you know this. We, uh, Jack and I have launched a company called Game Change. Uh, and the, the mission for Game Change is to build a stable of uh, sports-related people that have uh, similar messaging, uh, that are aligned with the empowering people um, and uh, giving people the, um, uh, the, the opportunity to be inspired uh, or for others to inspire that uh, want to go to the, the site. So it's going to be a platform. We'll have content on there, uh, but you can get the book on, the, on, the, on GameChangeNation.com is the actual um, website gamechangenation.com but they could go there and we're super excited about that and uh roman uh potentially you know our paths are going to continue to cross down the road and uh we'll all do our part i think uh, the end game and i think this happens probably as you get a little older in life but it doesn't have to in small ways anybody can impact society positively uh and that's what we all want to do and that's uh, if we had more people <clears throat> that were thinking that way we wouldn't have a lot of the issues that we have in the world we have today. Yeah. And I think Paul would agree with this to, to my audience. We talk about this a lot. Uh, you don't have to be a professional athlete, an entertainer, a famous person to have big impact. Um, you, uh, all of you have people that watch you every day. Um, you're in your workplace, you're at home. Uh, some of you may have, you know, 20 people that you impact, some a thousand, some, you know, just happens to be in the world we live in with professional athletics and entertainment. It's hundreds of thousands, but the, the, the premises are the same. Uh, all of us can have that impact. And Paul, I know this book's going to have that impact. Adam, where, where can we find the podcast? What's Game Change? You can go to Game Change. Game, Game Change. Change okay. Yeah, go to Game Change. GameChangeNation.com. Okay, uh, we'll take you to the website and uh, there'll be, uh, we're releasing those, um, you know, weekly. So there's a number of them on the site right now, but, uh, but within the embedded within the digital version of the book will be a, a link to each podcast of those for those people that would want to go dive a little more deeply into the subject. Well, very exciting, Paul. And uh, again, through the tunnel, get it. Amazon books or game game change. One time game change, game change nation, game change nation.com for the podcast and to get the book as well. And, uh, for those that want an autograph, can they ask for that on the on GameChangeNation.com? Um, yeah, I guess we could do that. Um, yeah, we got a lot yeah. of USC fans out there. Yeah, we got. <laughs> well, we're going to do some book signings. We're also going to we're going to do one at one of the SC games. Um, it's going to be the Cal game this year, and I don't even have the date available to me. But we're going to do, uh, and we'll probably do a couple other book signings uh, this this year. We'll. We'll put, I'm sure we'll announce that uh, on the well, website. Well, I'm going to have you at the Super Bowl do one. So we're going oh, yeah. to pull out the Super Bowl at Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix. He's going to okay. do that for us, too. So uh, get your hands on this book. Uh, like I said, uh, everybody's going through a tough time right now with COVID and, and post-COVID and how to handle the, the fallout. Well, this is a this is a book that, that can be very helpful for that. So parents, get out there and get it and uh, be very aware of, of what your children are going through. As Paul said, he had some great stories about his own kids today about uh, how this mindset uh, rubbed off on them. So we want your children to have every opportunity to be successful. We live in a great country. So I hope you guys will go out and get it through the tunnel on Amazon and uh, GameChangeNation.com. Paul, it's always great having you. Uh, you're always welcome back and uh, great having you again on the Roman Gabriel Show. Appreciate you, buddy. Always love being on with you, Roman. You're a great dude. And thanks for doing all that you do out there in the world. Thanks so much for listening to The Roman Gabriel Show. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. That's SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free.
The Roman Gabriel Show is produced in partnership with Revoice Media. Executive producers Roman Gabriel and Nick Ruffini. Audio editing by Justin Thomas. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music, entertainment, and sports podcasts, check out RevoiceMedia.com. Listen to The Roman Gabriel Show at RomanGabrielShow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.